honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back again with you today. Thank you for joining me. And, well, it's I'm on a regular scheduled Friday, if you can believe it, because it just kind of turned out that way. Because it's snowing out, so it's not really going to be doing any lawn cleanups at the moment. So maybe next Saturday, <laughs> if it's dry enough, I don't know. Uh, didn't quite get the 14 inches we got last year, but we got about four, and it's still kind of lingering and snowing right now. Beautiful thick snowflakes coming down on April 12th, 2019. Pretty cool. But uh, well, last time it was snowing late. Well, hopefully la- <laughs> last time it snowed in May when uh, Flip Saunders was hired. I remember it was actually snowing a bit when Flip Saunders was hired back as president of basketball operations. Is the Minnesota Timberwolves interesting information back and forth, conflicting reports with. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, of course, the Woj bomb, and locally, Johnny K, John Krasinski, who was once upon a time known as AP Krasinski, now is known as Johnny Athletic, as of course he writes for the Athletic. Uh, Woj bomb is ESPN. We all know who Woj bomb is. He's the king of basketball recording nationally, and then uh, locally, the king of basketball reporting would be Johnny K, Johnny Krasinski, who I've tweeted with back and forth a couple of times. He is a pretty cool guy, um, but well. Wojbaum was basically saying the Minnesota Timberwolves have pretty much made their decision. They're going to keep Ryan Saunders and GM Scott Layden. Oh my God! Which is uh, quite surprising. Scott Layden's staying. Huh. And then very quickly after that, Johnny K said, no, 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 basically. Uh, <laughs> they're going to, they're, yeah, sure, they're going to stay on right now. But the new president of basketball operations, who is yet to be named, of course, is uh, going to make the decision on their future. And, well, <laughs> that's where things go at the moment. Uh, the Timberwolves then officially did announce that they are looking for a new president of basketball operations, which is the right thing to do, and then make the official decision. My personal belief is Ryan Saunders will be the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that GM Scott Layden is a possibility to stay on in a assistant GM or whatever type of role. He'll be a left-hand man, not a right-hand man, possibly to the new president of basketball operations, Uh, The names have been out there all over the place. We'll get to that in a little bit, but just wanted to mention the major current state of the Timberwolves, of course. That's the front page news regarding the Minnesota Timberwolves right now is the back and forth with uh, Scott Layden and Ryan Saunders, Wojbaum, and Johnny Krasinski locally. Johnny Athletic, of course. Gotta love the Athletic. John Krasinski and Michael Russo are enough to make me want to subscribe to that uh, publication, of course. Very inexpensive, by the way. Uh... So, where do we go from here? The Minnesota Timberwolves lose all three of their final games. I'm going to just kind of briefly brush over them with a broad stroke. They lost all three. Uh, They lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, finally, the Thunder beat the Timberwolves. They actually played pretty well. Kind of a back-and-forth 132-126 game. The Toronto game was the final home game in Target Center. Fan appreciation night. And I'm sure the Timberwolves do appreciate their fans in a game like that. They lost by 20. Not the best game ever. At all, but Toronto basically finalizing the number two spot in the Eastern Conference, and then Denver finalizing the number two spot in the Western Conference the night 
after that, uh, April 9th, April 10th, April 7th, respectively, in terms of OKC being the 7th, Toronto 9th, and Denver the 10th. Aren't you happy? As I sit here and try to <clears throat> gather my thoughts, it's been cloudy, it's been dark, it's been tough to kind of get going. It's kind of like that this time of year on occasion. Usually when I'm recording Timberwolves Explosion, the season's not ending so great, it's dark out, and ugh, you know, and because, you know, it's dark, so I'm not working outside, it's not nice and sunny, and warm and I'm working. I don't really enjoy the work that much, but hey, you know, at least I'm getting the work done. But the good part is I'm getting this work done and I get to get back on here and enjoy this very much because there's almost nothing I'd rather do. I just wish the weather was a little prettier. I'm sure you care about hearing that every 10 seconds. Oklahoma City Thunder, let's just briefly, I mean very briefly, look at that one. It was a fun, entertaining game. The Timberwolves kept in, kept in it, but Oklahoma was clearly firing on all cylinders throughout the game. A lot of people believe Oklahoma City will advance into the second round and make things interesting. We'll talk about that in segment number two, because segment number two is all about the playoff preview. There's no Timberwolves games to preview, and it's playoff preview, baby. Regardless if it was the Wolves or not, there would be a playoff preview, like I did last year, of course. Finally, got to talk about Timberwolves playoff games last year, and hopefully next year we'll be back doing that again. Paul George was all over the place. 13-3 attempts, four made. That's what I don't like. That's what I don't like, is when you're just launching threes nonstop, and Clang and him, I mean, you're starting to look like Rashad McCants out there. That guy drove me nuts. Uh, Sharich finished the season very strong. Wiggins finishing very strong. Carl Anthony Towns, amazing in this game, just like he was the previous game against OKC uh, earlier on. There was the beautiful Wiggins game in the game before that, earlier when Wiggins had the 40-point nights. Of course, Mr. Uh, Ryan Saunders' coaching debut, where Wiggins just tore it up out there. Of course, Wiggins hitting a very long game-winning shot against OKC last season, which drew the crying Jordan on uh, <laughs> that funny video with uh, Jimmy Butler there. Jimmy Butler attempted about 100 uh, shots late in the games and missed them all one way or another. Not a very clutch player. But no, kind of a fun, entertaining battle, but it didn't finish well, basically. Good third quarter for Minnesota, bad fourth. And I don't know, at least we're playing better in the third nowadays, I suppose. But the fourth... Still got to kind of clean that act up a bit, if humanly possible. But a nice game for the uh, quote-unquote big three, I suppose, at this stage. Dario Saric really hitting his shots. Saric hitting his shots <laughs> late in the season, and that's good. Again, you pray to God that it is not Ricky Davis syndrome. To new listeners, of course, what's Ricky Davis syndrome? That would be having a good month of April when you're a non-playoff team and Showing everybody what you can do out there, because you're really something else, boy. You've got this. You've got this by the ass, baby. And uh, well, it's nothing to brag about when you, when you're, when you're just, you know, you're non-contending, and you're finally doing something right at the end of the season. So therefore, let's all go crazy. I don't think that's what's going on with Sharich. Hopefully not Wiggins as well. Let's move on. 120 to 100. Again, we're mostly focusing on the quote-unquote State of the Timberwolves. This is not State of the Timberwolves. That's usually in June, right before the draft, after the NBA Finals, the real State of the Timberwolves, where it's a season wrap-up and then looking at the draft and free agency. Today, it's kind of like a miniature version of it. I do this every year as the regular season comes to a close. As Again, it's a miniature version of it, kind of looking at things, especially this year when you're looking at a new hire as president of basketball ops, like we did three years ago. In 2016, with the, again, the untimely passing of Flip six months before that. 
Ah, oh, that one still hurts. It still hurts. It'll 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 hurt forever. I mean, I wish he was still the president of basketball, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Saunders was either the coach or, well, going to be the coach very soon because that was Flip's plan. Uh, Sharich continuing to hit shots, but not his best game ever. This whole game was crap. Uh, Carl Towns would sit out the last two games of the regular season. Gorgie Zhang looking like gorgeous Zhang out there, the starting center. He can play in this league. He can play. I know a lot of you don't like his contract, this and that, but it's not forever. It's, it's you know, the time has been passing on that contract. So it, was, it wasn't like it was signed yesterday. It was signed in the summer of 16. So um, 16 points, five assists. I mean, I like Gorgie Zhang. I do. I, I mean, it's, too, it's a shame the contract was like a little too big and that his role got diminished. Um, I want to keep Gorgie Zhang. And if it's starting, not starting, he probably won't be starting because it looks like Dario Saric is the starting power forward long-term for the Wolves, especially with that, uh, you know, the whole stretch forward that he brings to the club. Andrew Wiggins, 7-17. Seven Tyus Jones, very solid, a double-double, 10-assist performance. But again, the Wolves get beat by 20 in Toronto. There's just not a whole lot else to say at the end of the day. Uh, good, solid attendance, but not a sellout in the final home game for Minnesota. Quiet. Not so great uh, fourth quarter for the Wolves. Only 22 points. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, very solid and didn't get hurt. That's good. Obviously, that's important. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Kyle Lowry held out in this game. Inactive for rest. Obviously, heading into the postseason. Serge Ibaka, the former OKC Thunder star, so, sort of, so to speak. Also inactive and resting in this game. Of course, heading into the postseason. It'll, the last thing you need is Kyle Lowry to get hurt. But, of course, Kawhi, same thing, you'd think, but only 23 and a half minutes in this game. Not a whole lot to say. The Wolves lost by 20, and it just wasn't that great. You know, so you just want to move on from that. The Denver game, the Wolves almost <laughs> coughed up uh, some percentage points about getting into the top four of the draft. So, I don't know. A lot of good that did the Minnesota Wild, who were projected to be 11th, and one up 12th. I mean, how do you go from 11 to 12? And the bleeping Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks, do check out the most recent Brave the Wild episode, by the way, if you like hockey, uh, of course. Um, the, this is, And it's also what scares me with the Wolves. You know, it's just, you know, you want to hope and pray that we can move up and maybe this could be a really special lottery. That'd be amazing. Because the one time the Wolves got the number one pick, they were supposed to be the number one pick. So if we could actually move up for the first time ever, it'd be amazing. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, though, were slated to be 12th in the draft lottery for the National Hockey League. They move up to third. And it's like, really? They moved up to third. That'd be, you know, that's just depressing. That'd be like, say, Denver, who's one of our biggest rivals. We don't get along very well. Maybe we're supposed to be 11th. They're supposed to be 12th. And they move up to third in the NBA draft. And you have to drop down to 12 where they were. Like, how would that make you feel? And would that make you feel all warm and fuzzy, or would it piss you off? I think it pissed you off. Um, the Wolves were playing extremely well in this game, and then at a 16-point fourth quarter, they let Denver back in, even despite the fact the Wolves were, uh, the Wolves had a double-digit lead late in the fourth quarter, which is really funny. But Denver finished the season on a 16-0 run, tearing it up down the stretch, and got the win. Pretty crazy to consider the Wolves had a double-digit lead. But then Denver just went boom, 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 knocking down three after three. Uh, and the Wolves kept missing their shots. Again, when you don't score anything, of course you're missing. Uh, Jokic, absolutely spectacular. 29 points, 14 rebounds. Added the other numbers along the way, the assists and the steals. Gotta love what Jokic brings. Again, I kind of compare him to a modern version of uh, Arvidas Sabonis. But, I mean, it was literally like the last 
three minutes or so, as much as I hate the Denver Nuggets, every little bounce of the ball, the ball literally just rolls to Jamal Murray and he launches the three in a catch-and-shoot motion. I mean, that's a great play, by the way, if you're able to pick the ball off the bounce and just release it like that. Just, you know, that, that's how you rebound the ball. Then just let it go, let it fly, and it's a three-pointer that puts the Nugs up and they end up winning the game. <sighs> Pretty crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, like those kind of semi-retro uniforms. They got that old retro look that the Nuggets used to have back in the 80s and early 90s. The greatest era for everything, I think. I mean, the late 80s, early 90s were the best for everything. The best for video games, movies. God, I love that era. I know most of you might be rolling your eyes right now. like, <laughs> But I love it. I love the late 80s and early 90s. I love the uniforms like Atlanta Hawks, Calgary Flames in hockey, the North Stars. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. <clears throat> Andrew Wiggins did finish very strong on the regular season, as did Cam Cameron Reynolds. 5 of 7 from downtown, 19 points off the bench. I love Cameron Reynolds. Love him. And luckily, he will be back next season, at least starting things out, and hopefully he continues. Uh, Cam Reynolds, I think, has a chance to be a pretty valuable player for this team. Uh, sometimes, man. I mean, sometimes there's undrafted guys. I mean, freaking... <laughs> Frickin' Robert Covington was undrafted, wasn't he? I mean, so think about it. Robert Covington is one of the best defensive players in the league, so it can happen. You know, you can't write off these undrafted guys. And Cam Reynolds, we'll see. I'm I'm a fan. I am a fan of Cam Reynolds. And again, you think I'm just some guy who's stuck in 1988, which part of me part of me is, but not every single ounce of me. Heck, if I was a head coach in the NBA, I'd better be one of the younger ones. I'm 39, turning 40. So I recognize the three-point shot is extremely important today. I, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but it is what it is, right? It's the way of the league right now. Move the ball around, catch and shoot three. Move it around, catch and shoot three. Cut to the basket, uh, kick it out, obviously stretch the floor, and uh, you never know. If you're able to hit threes, you're also able to get some space close to the basket as well, which is what the Warriors are extremely good at. As much as I hate their guts, they're extremely good at Josh Okogie finished the season with zero points in his last game. Ah, that leaves a little sour taste in my mouth. Gorgie, though, with another double-double. Gotta like that. Ran into foul trouble. So that was an issue a little bit. But still, nice solid game for the most part. A bit sloppy with the five turnovers, but still. I like what Gorgie brings, and even he can shoot a couple threes now and then. So that'll keep his value up, and he can maybe hang on into the NBA for a while. Mitch Creek didn't even get a minute. So all my Australian friends out there, Vince Germano, oh boy, Wayne Hunt, Stu Benson, Kalen Woods, Nicholas Simon. I mean, gosh, no minutes for Mitch Creek in this one. That's disgusting. Very frustrating there. He did see some minutes against the Toronto Raptors, but uh, just, I don't know. That's unfortunate. He'll probably get an opportunity with another team as we head into the summer and into the, the fall and all that. We taking his talents to Chicago. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, I like Mitch Creek. I, I I like him. I liked what I saw in the little bit he got to play against Toronto. Pretty much, uh, pretty much a quarter of the game. Eleven and a half minutes, six points. Did attempt one three. Did not hit that one. But again, the work ethic, the solid play. I think Mitch Creek has a good chance to make it to the NBA. Jared Terrell looks like he could be an NBA player as well at the point guard position. And Cam Reynolds absolutely is an NBA player in my mind. He's not this perfect star. He's not this perfect player or anything, but he's got a chance to be something. Even C.J. Williams has been in the league already, and he's, he's okay. He's solid. Tolliver is what he is. Got to like what he brings, that veteran presence and that nice catch and shoot. Katie's job is a no-brainer. I think he's an NBA player. Um, again, in a reserve rotation type of role, 
Uh, same thing for Josh Okoge. He is going to return to the reserve role, of course, with the healthy return of Mr. Robert Covington. Please come back healthy, Robert Covington, please. Uh, Luol Deng, is he going to come back? I'm not sure. Uh, Mr. Uh, Derek Rose, I'm not sure either. They love him. They absolutely love him here. The fans love him. Uh, his jersey was as high selling as it gets. I mean, you got Carl Anthony Towns is a no-brainer, of course, with the, the jersey sales. Derek Rose is right up there, though, at the top. Uh, the second most recognizable player during the course of the season, despite missing a lot of time here and there. He just gets banged up. Uh, and I know how the knee can get tight and all that, but then the ankles and then this and then that. The guy just gets banged up, and it's because of the way he plays. He plays 110% all the time, kind of like a Zach Parisi with the Wild. He just gets nicked up, and he gets broken fo- He gets broken bones in his feet, and, and his sprained MCL, and then this, and then that, and then uh, and then bruised this and injured that a bit. That's just how Zach Parisi is at the back, and that's kind of like Derrick Rose, in a sense, for the Timberwolves. He's kind of like the Zach Parisi for the Timberwolves, like a guy who's been, you know, he's been through, <laughs> he's been through a whirlwind in his career with the Getting banged up here and there. Of course, uh, remember, Parisi missed so much time with that back injury and eventually back surgery, this and that. And Derrick Rose missed two years with the ACL. Not sure why that prolonged as long as it did because it wasn't it wasn't like a Teddy Bridgewater type of thing. It, I'm sure it hurt like freaking hell and all that, but it was more of like a, a hyperextended type of situation on his shot. It was kind of weird how it happened um, when Derrick Rose tore his ACL years ago with the Bulls. But I don't know, just for some reason... He gets, he just, he has snake bit with the injuries off and on now. Uh, muscle soreness, this and that. So if you're going to sign Derrick Rose, you got to realize he's going to miss time. He's not going to play in a whole lot of back-to-backs. That's just who he is. Uh, as good as he is, he's going to miss time. So I don't know. Um, still got the skill, still got the talent to be something, to get 20 points off the bench, maybe even start this and that. But you're not going to commit $10 million to Derrick Rose, and if that's what he's seeking, well, <clears throat> good luck, I guess. I mean, it's just how it goes. You may wind up with the Los Angeles Lakers, possibly. Nice climate there, I'm sure. <laughs> and I think the Lakers could use a little little spark plug, I think, right now, and some veteran leadership. I That wouldn't be a bad place, I don't think, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but then again, LeBron's kind of getting that way all of a sudden. A guy who was the Iron Man of the league pretty much for so long, and now he's getting to be oft injured and such. It's it's kind of sad to see. It is, it, but as uh, Vince Germano has said many times on the Courtside Podcast, Father Time is undefeated. And he also said that on the Showtime and T-Wolf show about Kobe Bryant and all that with the uh, Achilles and all that. Such a shame to see that happen. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, with Derrick Rose's future in Minnesota. They love him here. Obviously, again, like I've said more than once, the jerseys and all that. So... Um, it depends what he's seeking. Uh, not only the uh, the money, but the minutes. It's it's M M&M and M there. Money and minutes. I think with Derrick Rose, I think the minutes need to be limited. I think honestly, um, it's a weird situation to point guard for Minnesota. The the most stable guy is Tyus Jones, without a doubt. He's the most stable, solid player, Tyus Jones. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Teague, I've. I've, I've been a fan of his game, but I certainly don't look at him as this perfect point guard and this, this, this all-star guy that's going to really lead you to the promised land. But, you know, I mean, he ain't Terrell Brandon either. He's not this softy who's going to drive you absolutely insane and have everybody question his effort every night like we do with poor Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> so, I mean, but this year, my God. I mean, he went from, again, another guy went from Iron Man to can't stay healthy for his life this year. It was the weirdest thing ever. 
Uh, Jeff Teague was an 82 minute, uh, 82 game guy for a while there with previous teams like Atlanta and Indiana. There were times he missed games, but then he got to be pretty Iron Man like. And uh, last year was kind of strange. So weird situation at point guard. Where do the Wolves go in the draft? This and that. Hard to say. Very hard to say. Um, you have your potential forward forward of the future. You have obviously Carl Anthony Towns. I wouldn't mind getting a big, strong guy who can plug the middle because I think that frees up Carl to play more of that stretch game that he loves. And um, it seemed like, again, the short time that uh, Mr. Uh, that uh, Nikola Pekovic was here with Carl Anthony Towns, you saw some incredibly good games because Pekovic was just down there kind of plugging the hole, plugging the middle, and then Carl was just everywhere. And not only was he blocking, I mean, he, he was hitting threes, he was blocking shots way more, and he was getting more rebounds. More rebounds, more blocked shots, which is quite interesting when you consider that, when he was able to move to power forward with Pekovic plugging the middle. So that wouldn't be the dumbest idea of all time if the Wolves ended up getting a, like a, a good, a good solid, bulky center that could play a good amount of minutes with Carl out there. Maybe when Saric is sitting, Carl becomes the quote-unquote backup power forward in different type of rotations. And I think uh, Ryan Saunders is uh, innovative enough to do that. I mean, if I was the head coach of the Wolves, head coach of the Wolves, I mean, I'd be looking that direction, man. You get a big, bulky guy, say the, the new president of basketball slash general manager brings in a big, bulky guy to play with uh, the Timberwolves, I'd put him out there with Carl at times, again, because I think that could make a big difference, move Carl over to the four. Um, so that would be an interesting idea with the rotations and such, because I, I don't think Sharic is the kind of guy you want to play 38 minutes a night, un, un, unless he is just cooking out there. That would be the only reason I would want to have Sharic out there for a major extended period of time at the end of the day. So I love that. I, I love freeing, uh, freeing up Carl like that. Uh, I, I, that's where I think Justin Patton maybe could have become at some point in time, but the son of a gun couldn't stay healthy, and it was just so gosh darn frustrating at the end of the day. So, before we, uh, well, now we're going to kind of move on from the players to the front office a bit, so well before we get into the uh, NBA playoffs and all that, and even, we, we still got a bit to go here in this first segment, we're going to look at the possibilities at uh, President of Basketball Operations. These are just a few, though. I'm not going to go crazy. Uh, because, I mean, you could name off 750 people and you still won't find the right guy. That's the thing. But kind of the consensus type of guys, of course, there's Chauncey Phillips, and I'm guessing he's not coming here. If he turned on the Cavaliers job a year ago, I I, I don't know, unless he's really super intrigued by Ryan Saunders, of course, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, this and that, which I wouldn't blame him if he was. I'm just guessing he's probably not going to come here. But then you got former general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers, David Griffin, who Chauncey might have replaced. He obviously did a pretty good job in Cleveland. Uh, certainly not perfect, and nobody's perfect. Every general manager is going to miss on people, and uh, Flip Saunders was the best front office leader we've ever had, ever. And, well, he passed up on the Greek freak. Think about if the Greek freak was here with uh, Andrew and Carl. It's game over right there. I mean, there's your big three. Get the trophies ready. Clean up the... <laughs> Get a bigger trophy case over there? Yes, it's it's empty and it's really small. It's empty and... Well, yeah, there's a division championship banner somewhere. Oh, I guess it's in the rafters, though. It's not in the trophy case. There's no trophies. So, um, yeah, you're going to need to get that a little bigger with guys like that. You're going to need to get a bigger trophy case, even though there's no trophies yet. Let's uh, get a bigger one when you put those three together. And even Zach Levine. Think about it. Um, 
would the draft position have changed? But, well, I mean, you still would have Andrew and Zach for sure. Uh, the Greek freak didn't tear it up in his rookie year, so odds are I think everything would have kind of came into place. Just imagine. I mean, just imagine. <laughs> Keeping everybody would not be easy because you can't give four players the max contract. You can give two players the max. You can still play the two other guys very well, but, I mean, you got to give Carl and, and the Greek freak the max. Obviously, you wouldn't get the same numbers out of everybody either, so there's that to factor in, but still... Or you use them as trade assets to get other positions of need, this and that. Maybe you need a better point guard, Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Did you trade Andrew Wiggins away for somebody else? Yeah, I know. <clears throat> Mike Zarin was brought up on the local radio here, Score North, this and that. Uh, Mike Zarin, Celtics assistant general manager. He's been with the organization for 14 years. Came in as an unpaid intern, and he's been the uh, the assistant general manager to... Uh, Danny Angel over there in Boston. He's a guy that I think is well thought of. He's only 43 years of age as well. He could be a possibility. Uh, he would, I think he would leave uh, Boston to be the head guy. And I think Danny Ainge would, would uh, nudge him on. Like, go for it, buddy. You know, that type of thing. Uh, Tom Thibodeau did want to bring him in as the general manager, but he didn't want to work under Tom Thibodeau. So, well, I can imagine why he wouldn't want to work under Tom Thibodeau because it'd be like, you're just kind of along for the ride and I'm Tom Thibodeau and I rule this place. Uh, Sam Hinkie, Mr. Trust the process as we're trying to trust the process here. You got Sharich, you got Covington. We are trying to trust the process here in Minnesota. We're trying our best. Um, Sam Hinkie is the guy there and he might be a possible name out there. Uh, Michael Winger is another name. Assistant General Manager of the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Troy Weaver, well thought of with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder as well. Vice President of Basketball Operations. Would he move up one more chair with Minnesota to be the President of Basketball Operations? So those those are uh, just a couple names to look at. It could be somebody completely unexpected. Uh, we had a chance to bring in Lindsay years ago. Uh, Lindsay, but we wound up with freaking David Kahn because the Timberwolves, uh, they wanted him to go through some kind of strange, weird test and he was like yeah okay this is dumb and he left and and mr david Kahn passed it with flying colors and we see how well that test really uh helped us and it, we really got the right guy there we we got the right guy who missed on every draft pick he made basically except for all of you other that think rubio's the uh, uh, uh spanish johnson spanish magic johnson out there not sure about that one <clears throat> i like rubio but not that much and here's the best part about ricky rubio though you know why David Kahn took Ricky Rubio? He took him to trade him. What did David Kahn say when he drafted Ricky Rubio? Asset. Asset. What did he say when he took Johnny Flynn? There you go. Johnny Flynn. Yes. Yes. Johnny Flynn. Oh, we got him. So did you notice the difference in tone there with the two draft picks of Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio? He said asset. As in, hey, you know what asset means? Trade asset. He took him to trade him because he thought he's not going to come here anyway and he's not going to come right away in a couple years. So... For a couple of years, so we're going to uh, use him as a trade asset, maybe rip off the New York Knicks, and well, none of that happened, and Johnny Flynn sucked, and well, Ricky, please come to Minnesota, we love you very much, because uh, we didn't mean to take you as a trade asset, we meant to bring you in as the starter, <clears throat> yeah, that Johnny Flynn thing, we were just experimenting, and it kind of blew up in our face and stuff, so can you help us, please, brother, <laughs> please, por favor, <laughs> oh, would be nice, wouldn't it, well, it's going to be very interesting to see where things go here with the future president of basketball operations of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, what a dream job that would be. If there's one job, you know how we all have the dream job of our life, 
There's the one job you want more than anything else. You wish you were the vice president of operations for Boston Scientific. Okay, I'm just kidding. No, that's not high enough. You want to be like board of directors for, you know, Apple. You want to be board of directors for Microsoft. You want to own the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, maybe not that team, but you get the idea. Maybe, yeah, I would love to own a team. But uh, if there was one job where you are, you're employed, you're not like the owner, so to speak, that would be my dream job, to be the president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I know most of you would be like, yeah, uh-huh, sure, Joe, you'd probably be worse than David Kahn. Hey, I didn't get hired, so <laughs> don't worry about it. I didn't, uh, don't think I'm, don't think my name would even get looked at for a half a second because, well, I didn't play in the league. I've never managed in the league. But I have a radio show, or at least a podcast we could call this. Uh, it's a radio podcast, so it is a radio show, just not live at the moment. Um, well, David Kahn was a sports writer, and then a, uh, what the heck else was he? A, a, a college professor, that figures, and uh, all the other things. So <clears throat> he might as well have just done a Mr. Rogers TV show the way he talked to people. It <laughs> won't you be my neighbor. Oh, forgive me for getting a little weird there, but... David Kahn was weird, too. So, again, hoping the Timberwolves can make the right hire. That, that's all I got to say. I mean, no search firm is being brought in this time because, again, what do you need a search firm for to bring in Tom Thibodeau? We all know who Tom Thibodeau was. Everybody knew who he was. We knew he was a defensive-minded coach. We knew he's a hard-ass. We knew his reputation in Chicago. Did Chicago overblow it, or were they right? Well, apparently, Chicago was right when they were bashing him and tearing him to pieces you know, it's never good to bash and tear anybody to pieces, but on occasion, there just might be a little bit of method to that madness. And unfortunately, there was when it came to Tom Thibodeau because every single symptom of problem with Tom Thibodeau in Chicago was 100% still there. Everything was still there. So, I don't know, man. Uh, you could say he's this big boy coach. His basketball knowledge is well beyond the Sam Mitchells and all the other coaches the Timberwolves have ever had. He's the genius of all time, but it didn't work, though. I mean, there was only one problem. It didn't work. So <laughs> where do you go from there? Hopefully this time around we get it right again. And I don't know. Last time we went back to the country club, bringing Flip Saunders back, and ended up being one of the best moves of all time for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I would venture to say it was the best move of all time for the Minnesota Timberwolves. The thing that would frustrate a lot of us thinking, oh, great, going back to the country club. But at the time, versus David Kahn, it was like heaven on earth. And he ended up, indeed, being the best president of basketball operations this team has ever had. Now, we sit here at this crossroads, hoping, once again, this time, this time it's for real. Finally, this team can strike gold and find the true greatest president of basketball operations in the history of this franchise and to take this team in the right direction, rather than have us facing Anthony Davis 2.0, LeBron James 19.0, basically, with the Carl Anthony Towns. What happens with Andrew Wiggins, Dario Saric, Saric, pardon me, Gorgi Zhang, Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, how much money is he seeking in the offseason? Boy, is it going to be interesting. Um, you're getting the draft lottery coming up on June, the, uh, June May the 14th. Uh, the Timberwolves are projected to pick 10th before we sign off here. Let's do a little tankathon here. Right now, the Knicks are projected to be number one and take Zion Williamson. Now, some people might think I was calling him overrated, maybe overrated a bit, by the media. The media is overrating him a bit. That doesn't mean I don't think Zion Williamson has a chance to be a great player in this league. I just don't see him as a transcension, uh, as a transcending Shaquille O'Neal type of player. I don't. Uh, his body's not built 
in a sense that I see him as a LeBron James or a Shaquille O'Neal level player. Something not too far below that, possibly. So right now I'm simming the lottery. The Phoenix Suns, congratulations, win the draft lottery. Oh, how terrific. Timberwolves dropped down a place. <laughs> Doesn't that just make you feel great? Timberwolves moved down. <laughs> and they will be taking Darius Garland, point guard from Vanderbilt. 21 points a game. Not bad, eh? But only 3.4 assists. Okay, let's sim it one more time. Okay, come on. One more simathon. One more sim lottery from Tankathon. Zion Williamson is going to the Charlotte Hornets. 13 places up. Damn, I didn't think that was possible. Michael Jordan's got you, Zion Williamson. We're gonna we're, we're gonna take this team to another level. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take the Charlotte Hornets up uh, all the way to the championship. Well, the Hornets passed the Timberwolves, so Darius Garland is coming to Minnesota once again. Okay, third time's a charm. I mean, I'm going to press this for like 15 minutes, I bet, over and over. Oh, it's painful. Okay, Pelicans get it this time, and the Wolves stay at 10th. Okay, at least we stayed at 10th, and this is the guy that I kind of like. I kind of like this guy. I think I want him more than Darius, so he might end up being a really good player as well. And, uh, you know, I've done zero draft uh, research so far, so bear with me. The draft research is coming up in the upcoming shows here, believe me. But Zion Williamson will be going to the Pelicans. Maybe that'll convince uh, Antonio Davis, Anthony Davis to stick around. But Antonio Davis, Anthony Davis to stick around. Kobe White, baby. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Uh, not spelt the same, but uh, C-O-B-Y White. Point guard, shooting guard out of North Carolina. 5.2 assists. I think Michael Jordan would like Kobe White if he's still down there. If, if he winds up at 10th or whatever uh, with the Charlotte Hornets. But unfortunately for the Hornets, they're picking 14th. The Pelicans moved up six spots. And, yep, that brought uh, Washington, Atlanta, Chicago, blah, blah, blah. The Knicks down to fourth. Ouch! That would suck. That would suck. Um, but, no, Kobe White, very intriguing player for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, very well-rounded player. The rebounding, the assists, the scoring. A lot of people in this area love Kobe White. And uh, that would be, I think, a very... Nice addition. Little Jamal Murray, I think. I, I think he might be a Jamal Murray type for Minnesota. So hopefully, if Minnesota winds up 10th, that Kobe White is hanging around for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's my hope. I was hoping the Wolves would at least hang on to their pick so I could talk about Kobe. And in this uh, tankathon, they did. I'll be pressing this thing all day. I could press it 15 times in a row, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I don't know if the Wolves will ever get number one, but. That would be the craziest day ever if that were to take place. So, with that said, Johnny Flynn Memorial, Johnny Flynn Memorial, Alpha Wolf for the last few games here. The Alpha Wolves, I guess, gonna I'm going to give it to Andrew Wiggins. Solid finish to the regular season. I liked what he brought. Very solid, strong game out there. Honorable mention has got to go to both uh, Sharich and Gorgie Zhang, the two power forwards for the club, power forward and center in, in uh, Gorgie's place. He actually started center the last couple games. Gotta love what Gorgie brought for this team. But again, you just hope it isn't uh, April Syndrome out there. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see how those guys turn out into next season because they're going to be here, most likely, uh, barring some kind of uh, trade coming up. But uh, Wiggins will bring in the Alpha Wolf Award for the final week of the season. <laughs> Mr. April, at least at this moment. Johnny Flynn Memorial, I don't know, just bad defense, I guess, on the stretch. Bad defense all the time. Hopefully things can change a bit. Uh, good defense in the Denver game, though, I'd have to say. 
but generally speaking, not so good defense against the Hornets and bad defense in the final few minutes against the Denver Nuggets, giving up that run. But well, at least we got to keep our 10th spot, I guess. With that said, we'll take a quick break and preview the postseason right after this. Well, whoever they bring in for president of basketball operations, they better get it right. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two, preview segment. This time it's the playoffs. Are you ready to talk NBA playoffs, ladies and gentlemen? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. I know, I know. Well, that's us, and, well, there's there's still playoffs. We're just not in it, so I know. I know, it sucks. Let's go to the Eastern Conference, which I no longer call the Eastern Conference. In fact, I never really did. I've always kind of liked it. Let's start with the number one seed over there, the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Detroit Pistons in the first round. Gotta love the Milwaukee Bucks. Gotta love what they've accomplished this season. Home court advantage throughout the playoffs. They've had good seasons before where they got to the East Finals, Sam Cassell era, Gary Payton, Ray Allen, all that. Obviously, uh, <clears throat> by the time Payton had gotten there, though, Ray Allen was gone. There was the Cassell-Ray Allen era. That's the one that took them to the conference final there in the East where they ended up not getting the job done, unfortunately, for them. I believe they ran into the Nets one of those years, if I remember correctly, because this is a while ago. Uh, pretty damn good team, though. And this is, of course, before the uh, Cassell trade to the Minnesota Timberwolves, which ended up sending Joe Smith and Anthony Peeler to Milwaukee. Wow, what a trade that was. Oh, Spreewell for uh, Terrell's, Terrell Brandon's uh, retirement contract, so to speak, his expiring deal. That wasn't as good of a trade. It really wasn't. In fact, it wasn't even close. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I remember kind of cringing a little bit. As much as uh, Spreewell's an interesting name, and he was a great player in his day, by the time we were getting him, he'd already kind of build up his reputation. Let's just leave it at that. And he wasn't getting any younger either. Um, <clears throat> well, the number two-seeded Toronto Raptors versus the Orlando Magic. Now, of course, let's let's get to the Bucks versus Pistons. I think the Bucks sweep the Detroit Pistons at the end of the day. I, I don't think the Pistons are going to win anything. I like, God, I like Dwayne Casey. I like some of the players on those Pistons. Maybe they, they win one, maybe, but I'm kind of leaning towards a sweep. Uh, Milwaukee had pretty good success against the Detroit Pistons in the season. They were 4-0 and and all that, so I kind of think the uh, Milwaukee Bucks end up finishing the job against the Detroit Pistons at the end of the day. The Toronto Raptors versus the Orlando Magic. Whew, that's an interesting matchup in a sense, yet at the same time, I mean, uh, you know... <laughs> I can't believe Orlando's back in the series, in the playoffs again. It's kind of crazy, but they are. And, yeah, uh, it's almost like who do they have, right? You know, I mean, they have some good, solid players, but not that many. I mean, they're okay. Uh, Toronto, I think, is a much better team. I think there's no reason to believe the Toronto uh, Raptors shouldn't win it in five, maybe six, maybe maybe four to zero. Oftentimes you get some junk in the first round, and I think Orlando and Detroit are kind of closer to the junk range, even though I would say Detroit's actually a better team than Orlando. I'm surprised, very surprised Orlando was able to squeak all the way up to seventh in the uh, Eastern Conference. Things get extremely interesting when you move to number three with the Sixers and the Nets. Tough, tough matchup for the Sixers. Uh, they're obviously the the uh, superior team and everything. You've got four players that are all-star caliber, of course. I mean, Joel Embiid, if he can stay healthy. The Sixers are not only a... Uh, as much as I hate the trolling and I hate the freaking cockiness of some of those guys, let's leave the 
Northern California team out of it for now. God. But, I, yeah, I hate some of the cockinesses of the players on the Sixers. They're a title contender. If Joel Embiid can stay healthy, they are a legitimate title contender. And I, I mean that. I truly do. They, they could win the Eastern Conference. They could beat the Bucks. They could. Um, if they can stay bleeping healthy. Because we know how Butler can get freak injuries. Gee, I can't imagine where I came up with that idea. Simmons, obviously, is a hell of a player. And interesting guy and all that. Uh, T- Tobias Harris is what he is. Very valuable guy as well. Very, very solid. Very reliable. Love Tobias Harris. I mean, he is a, a gamer. He can hit the big shots. He can hit the threes. And he's and there's not much pressure on him either. Uh, he is going to be a, a big factor for the 76ers. They don't have a ton of depth behind those guys. But at the same time, that's a hell of a team. And I think Philadelphia is a legitimate Eastern Conference championship contender. With that said, the Brooklyn Nets are the kind of team that can upset you in the first round. And again, it's too bad that the Brooklyn Nets wound up with the Sixers. See, that's the thing. It's a shame this isn't like a second round series. Because I think it has the makings of that. It's not a conference final series. No, no. I mean, you got Toronto, you got Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. Those are the conference final teams. Everyone else here, I don't think is conference final material. Uh, Celtics were supposed to be. What an underachievement they have been at the end of the day. I'm very disappointed in the Boston Celtics. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, thinking, stop getting so excited about the Indiana Pacers and all that. With that said, though, I think Sixers go six. <laughs> seven or six, right? It's game seven or six because it's the 76ers. But I think they outlast the Brooklyn Nets. But, man, that team could have upset all over them against one of the other teams here, especially the Celtics. Uh, it's a shame that the Brooklyn Nets can't get to the second round. Uh, and then play the Sixers then. It's, this is a classic Eastern Conference matchup. I think that could be really something, an entertaining basketball. That'll be probably, well, I mean, both of these middle series, I think, in the, in the Eastern Conference will be pretty entertaining. Number one and number two ones are not going to be very good. I don't think Detroit or De- uh, Orlando put up much of a fight. And if they do, dang. <laughs> if Orlando somehow like makes things real interesting with Toronto... That's on you, Toronto. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, you got... I mean, I almost forget about Marcus Gasol. I mean, Marcus Gasol and Kyle Lowry on Toronto. That team could could win the East also. Um, I think the Sixers outlast the Nets, though, in six or seven. Something like that. It's going to be an entertaining battle back and forth. You notice I didn't have a whole lot to say about Bucks, Detroit, and Toronto, Orlando. Those, those are the kind of series that just do nothing for me, man. You know? Maybe they'll be better than I think. And again, if they are, that says a lot about the uh, favorites in that series, that they're not up to the task at all. Like They're going to get beaten by Philadelphia later on, I think. And maybe even if Boston finally gets their act together, because they have disappointed me, man. Really bad. Boston Celtics versus the Indiana Pacers. Very entertaining matchup, I think, at the end of the day. Very close matchup when it shouldn't be. Uh, Indiana, obviously, again, no Oladipo. And I've talked about that a million times. A freak injury. Very big shame. Still got other valuable players on that roster, including the young Sabonis and many others. I like what the uh, I like what the Indiana Pacers bring. At the end of the day, uh, it's uh, they could they could easily win this series easily. I think I, I think the Pacers are a legitimate type of a team out there. Uh, you got guys like Bogdanovich and and such. Uh, Wesley Matthews has been a nice addition since the trade. Tech even have Tyreek, Tyreek Evans, uh, Darren Collison. That's one of the names, again, that uh, coming back to Indiana after he disappointed years ago, coming from the, uh, they were the New Orleans Hornets at the time, if I remember correctly. Yes, Thaddeus Young has really made a name for himself as well. With Indiana plays very well. Miles Turner, nice, awesome shot-blocking center. I think they could beat the Celtics. I think they can. Uh, again, DeMontis, Sabonis, Sabonis, obviously, 
a big factor. He's a 53% three-point shooter, but he hardly ever shoots the ball. They hardly ever have him shooting the threes, so I'm kind of confused by that decision-making. Uh, Corey Joseph quietly played 82 games for this club, coming off the bench, the backup point guard, this and that, solid player. This team could beat the Celtics. I, I, th- I think they can. I mean, the Celtics are what they are. They're star-studded, but again, obviously had the freak injury to Gordon Hayward, and he's not been the same guy since then yet. Kyrie Irving is a, is an absolute star when he wants to be, but he and, and then, of course, when he's healthy, he can hit 40% from downtown. Very valuable guy. Jason Tatum, obviously, is kind of a do-everything youngster. Tons of talent. Al Horford's an all-veteran type of guy. All-solid veteran, kind of double-double type of guy when... But often he doesn't get he doesn't get the rebounds like certain players. That's for sure. Um, Rogier was a hero last year, taking this team to the East Finals. But they completely just went belly up against the the Cavs last year. It was shocking how badly they played against Cleveland. Um, I don't know. I think the I don't know. I mean, there's just no excuse. The Celtics need to win this series. You don't want to pick the home game, the home team in every series, the favorite. You don't. I think Indiana has the possibility of beating them. And the funny part is Indiana finished only one game behind the Celtics without Oladipo for a very extended period of time here. And still without Oladipo. It's amazing how that team didn't really fall off at all. It's quite surprising. It shows that they're very strong. Where the Celtics... It's kind of the opposite. And I love the Celtics. I want this team to be... I want this team to win the Eastern Conference. You can tell I'm a fan of the Celtics, right? I've been a Celtics fan since the late 90s. I like all the Boston teams. The Celtics, the Patriots, the Bruins, and of course the Red Sox, who have four World Series now. Whew. And the Patriots, wow. Only six Super Bowls since then. That's all. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is, It's a weird team. They, they should win this series. They have... They have a deeper team. Uh, we thought they had a good coach. A lot of us didn't like Nate McMillan, but he's done a hell of a job, man. I mean, Nate McMillan, you know, hats off to Nate McMillan after he disappointed in Portland years ago. Um, started off very nicely with the Sonics, which ended up becoming the, yeah, we know, whatever, right? The Sonics, which is his former club, moved to Portland, moved a little bit uh, south there to Portland, Oregon, and things did not work out with that uh, move, unfortunately. Um <laughs> you can tell this is a, this is kind of a back and forth. It's a seven game series for me. Uh, so watch somebody sweep the other one. Just come out and storm the court and kick the crap out of the other team. <sighs> it's a weird matchup. It's a weird matchup. I I, I don't know, man. Uh, it's a weird matchup. I'm not sure where to even go with this one. At the end of the day, I don't understand. Mm. But. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with the. I think I'm going to go with the Pacers. They've, they've been stronger. I mean, they just the way they've hung on. And I know some of you might be like, really, you can tell I've been leaning with Indiana here. I, I'm I'm going to go with the Pacers winning the series in six or seven. It's going to be very close, tight matchup. I think the Pacers they're just they're they're stronger mentally than the Celtics team. Um, both of them almost got to 50 wins on the season. I think the Pacers are the one team in the. Uh, Eastern Conference that moves on despite being the underdog, the road team, this and that. I mean, they're only the fifth seed, so it's not that difficult to imagine. Pacers move on to play the Milwaukee Bucks. Sixers move on to play Toronto. Wow, what a matchup that's going to be. We'll continue here. Uh, the Bucks will beat the Pacers in five or six, I think, though. I think their playoff run's going to come to a quick end. Milwaukee moves quickly on to the Eastern Conference final. It'll be a good matchup. There'll be some really good games in there. 
Maybe it will go to seven, which would be frustrating for the Bucks. But I don't think Indiana is going to survive. I think Milwaukee's a better team. I think they're stronger. Uh, Sixers versus Toronto. Woo, that's going to be epic. That's going to be a good matchup. Um, the additions by both teams around the trade, trade deadline make both of them legitimate championship contender type teams. Like they could, they could make some noise in the NBA Finals, much less the Eastern Conference Finals or the second round. This and that. It's going to be a seven game series. It's going to be extremely good. Again, Embiid, if he stays healthy, nothing crazy happens. Boy, the Sixers have a legitimate shot at this. Toronto, obviously, very good team. How do you not like the Toronto uh, Raptors with what they've put together? Again, both of them, it's a matter of staying healthy, this and that. Marcus Sol gets banged up at times. Kyle Lowry's a little older now, unfortunately. Kawhi Leonard is, you know, he's, he's been an NBA champion. He's been a star. He's been fantastic. He's been an MVP candidate. Serge Ibaka, the guy who's kind of disappeared at times, but when he's good, he's still he's, he's still got it a bit. Oh, they got a good team. Toronto has a really nice team. Uh, Danny Green can hit threes in his sleep. So you got a couple of former Spurs on this club, of course. That's how the trade went. Guys that have that have a ring. They don't have rings. They have a ring, but a well-earned ring, and they almost got one against Miami before that. Kyle Lowry, again, he missed time this year, but he's still one of the best point guards in the league. I don't think the Sixers are going to beat Toronto, even though I see them as this title contender. I don't think so. I mean, Toronto is just a little better, man. It's going to be Toronto in seven, so which is kind of lame. You're going to get the one and the two, but welcome to the NBA, though. This isn't college basketball. This isn't college basketball where you get 13s upsetting twos, you know what I mean, or whatever, you know, in the second round. Maybe the 13 goes all the way to the Sweet 16, something like that. You know, you don't have Dayton, Ohio, going to the Elite Eight here. It's just not going to happen. And I don't see the Sixers as Dayton, Ohio. They're something a little better here. They're like a Gonzaga almost. So they're they're legit. But I think Toronto is, I mean, that's a good team. Um, I would say the Sixers are kind of like Kentucky because it's young blue chip guys for the most part. And then you have Toronto, which is more like a freaking, they're, maybe they're more like a Gonzaga, kind of a hardworking team, this and that. But established players, though, that know what they're doing. And I think Toronto wins in seven, where they will tip off, not face off, against the Milwaukee Bucks. <clears throat> and that's going to be a really good series, man. I mean, that is going to be a series for the ages. Oh, it's Eastern Conference basketball. Oh, it's boring. Oh, it's going to be defensive-minded. But you got the Greek freak. And the Greek freak is going to be amazing. I mean, there's no doubt about it, how great the Bucks potentially could be this year. It'd be pretty cool to see the Milwaukee Bucks get to the NBA Finals for the first time since... Lou Alcindor was their center. Who's this Lou Alcindor guy? I, I forgot. Who, who's this skinny guy with goggles? He looks kind of weird out there. Oh, but yeah, and he went down to the frickin' Lakers, that trader. And then they drafted Magic Johnson because they traded up for the first-round pick. Oh, that guy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yep. Well, they won a championship way back in the day with the Bucks. Toronto, an amazing offense, amazing rebounding. Ah, Toronto. I just called them the Toronto. The Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Greek freak, I think, is... He's second or third for MVP. It's probably going to be freaking Harden again. Oh, goody. Probably. Uh, it, it ain't LeBron, that's for sure. <clears throat> Very well put together team. Brooke Lopez is really coming in nicely with his role with the Bucks this year. Eric Bledsoe <clears throat> has been phenomenal since joining the Milwaukee Bucks. Chris Middleton, obviously, is a gamer as well. Uh, but Giannis is the guy that really stirs the... He's the straw that stirs the drink. He's a stud. He's a star. You love what he brings, and I think Giannis is going to get his legitimate shot at the NBA Finals, and he's the kind of guy that deserves to be on ABC Basketball in terms of the NBA Finals. He deserves to be on primetime television in June. 
I think the Bucks win the Eastern Conference this year. I think they win the Eastern Conference. I think they're the best team. I think they have the best player in the Eastern Conference. As good as uh, Kawhi Leonard was this year. Another epic, awesome battle between these two teams. Six or seven games. Which I think does not help things for the Bucks if they go long against uh, uh, Indiana. I don't think things help. Uh, I don't think the Sixers series helps Toronto against Milwaukee. And if the Bucks go long against uh, Toronto, that could be a problem going into the finals because a certain team from Northern Cal moves around real quickly, and we all know what they do. So this could hurt things. Uh, if the Bucks want a legitimate crack at winning the NBA championship, they have to really take it to Toronto early and often. The experience, the strength of the Toronto Raptors, though, I think are going to make it very, 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 very tough. So it's going to be a long series, but the Milwaukee Bucks will win their first Eastern Conference championship since the early 70s. So <clears throat> way back when Lou Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar led the Milwaukee Bucks to not only the finals, but to the championship way, way back in yesteryear. Back before pretty much most of us were born. Probably very few of you listening right now were <laughs> were alive and kicking when the Milwaukee Bucks not only got to the finals, but ah, finished the job way back in the day. We're talking 1971. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal wasn't even born yet. So, yeah, the uh, the next uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you could say, for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, as Chick Hearn would call them, Los Angeles Lakers. Milwaukee Bucks win the Eastern Conference this year. They win the Eastern Conference. You're going to see Giannis. Let's just call him the Greek freak. Uh, uh, I can't ever get it right. It's too hard. Giannis slash Greek freak is going to get it. Uh, is going to get to the NBA Finals this year. And it's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to be cheering for him, boy. I'm going to be cheering for him. They're, they're not the Green Bay Packers here. For some of you out there that are like, oh, how could you cheer for Wisconsin? They're not the Badgers and not the Packers. Those are the two teams from Wisconsin that I can't stand. Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee Brewers, go get them, baby. Go get them. And it's not just because I'm cheering for them. It's because they're. I think they deserve it. I think they deserve to go to the NBA Finals this year. I, I think they've earned it. I think they're the best team. You know, they've and the good news is they would have home court advantage in the in the finals. That's what I would like over the, the Warriors. I would love that. They make me smile. 60 wins for the Bucks this year. 58 for Toronto, though. That is no that is no team to sneeze at. Remember the Wolves years ago. 58 wins. Number one in the Western Conference, which if freaking Sam Cassell stays healthy, the Timberwolves get to the finals and beat the Pistons because the Wolves played the Pistons very well. That season, I think the Wolves would have beaten the Pistons in a six or seven game series, and Minnesota would have won a championship. There'd be a Garnett statue outside Target Center. Boy, would things have been different. Boy, would things have been different. I mean, he still might have gotten traded later on, maybe, but I just, ah, there would have been a completely different vibe. <clears throat> I mean, freaking Hakeem Olajuwon went to Toronto for a while, so things happen. Uh, Patrick Ewing, not that he won a championship with the Knicks, but yeah, he left too, so. That's how things go. Let's uh, move on to the Western Conference Finals. Some of you call it the Western. I just call it the Western. I'm sick of the Western Conference. <laughs> Especially certain teams that, yeah, certain teams that are at the top of the West. The Golden State Bleepin' Warriors versus the Los Angeles Clippers, who are, uh, you know, they've overachieved. They've did a good job making the postseason. Kind of a fun team there. Fun, fun-loving club. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't think, yeah, I mean... Eh, I hope they make some noise, five or six games against the Warriors. They won 48 games this year, so, heck, they have as many wins as the, as the Indiana Pacers, so, sheesh, they, in, the, in, West, in the Eastern Conference, they'd be competing for some home court in the first round. Obviously, Tobias long gone, Danilo Gallinari can hit threes, but hopefully he can stay healthy. Of course, uh, Lou Williams, again, 
doesn't even start, but he's extremely valuable. Your best player comes off the bench. Avery Bradley's off injured. Almost forgot about the guy. Patrick Beverly, very, 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 very valuable for the Clippers during the course of the season. Maybe he can mix things up with Curry, get in his head a bit. That would be nice, actually. That might be the thing. Maybe the guy gets banged up. Uh, Zubak was a nice addition. Valuable double-double kind of a threat. Big man out there for the Clips. They're, they're a good team, but they're not going to do enough. They're, they're just not going to get the job done against the uh, Golden State Warriors. I hate to say. Five-game series Warriors over the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, I keep screwing this thing up. But then you get a uh, tough second-round matchup. Uh, Denver wraps up the number two seed by beating the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's right, the Minnesota Timberwolves by giving up that uh, run at the end there. It's okay. It's okay. At least we kept our draft position a little higher there. Denver Nuggets versus Spurs. Very entertaining matchup. I love Jamal Murray, but I hate when he plays against us. I, we, we know one of the reasons why he's motivated against us because we passed on him. And I God, I love Jamal Murray going into that draft. Here's uh, 2016. I love Jamal Murray, man. <laughs> Just like I like Kobe White. I think he's going to be similar that way. Uh, Gary Harris... Obviously, he can hit shots, but for some strange reason, he's just his three-point percentage is much lower than it was. Paul Millsap, stretch four. The Spurs are good. They're savvy. They're smart. But are they good enough to beat this Denver team? Especially, you know, the home court and everything. Denver is tough to play at home. I mean, they, they just are. So, Denver needs to win the series. Six or seven. It's going to be longer than it needs to be. The Spurs hit threes like crazy. Uh, Spurs, another one. 48 wins, again, just like the Indiana Pacers. So that's still, and it's, again, a lot of you would argue the West is tougher. So to win 48 games in the West is not easy to do. Uh, DeMar DeRozan has been a wonderful player, wonderful addition, of course. You had to get somebody back who could play when you're trading away an MVP candidate who's still got many years left in the league if he stays healthy. Uh, Marco Bellinelli still at three-point threat off the bench. Brian Forbes, Mr. Forbes, nothing to do with uh, Forbes magazine or anything. He can hit some threes as well. 82 games, Iron Man for the Spurs. Patty Mills, same thing. He can hit the threes off the bench. Spark plug guy. Um, LaMarcus Aldrich. LaMarcus Aldrich, of course. He's one of the, uh, well, he's the leading scorer. I never liked this guy that much. <clears throat> he's not, he, To me, he's just not a winner. And I don't think the Spurs advance past Denver Nuggets, even though they finished the season very strong. They got good, solid players, including even Dante Cunningham coming off the bench to kind of mix things up a little bit. Dantes Matajunas played a couple games at this club earlier in the season. Pondexter, the former Pacer, wow. Lots of kind of, uh, you know, lots of guys that have been kind of uh, become journeymen, unfortunately for them. Uh, Bartons, Davis Bartons can hit threes. I mean, this club can hit threes like crazy. But so can the Denver Nuggets. I mean, you know, Rudy Gay, 40-40% guy. Uh, who's kind of like a six-man slash spot starter, obviously. Who's one of the leaders of the team. Um... There's some older players, there's some younger guys in this team, mostly older guys, I would say, and then veterans who are in their prime, like uh, DeMar DeRozan, young veterans. <sighs> I just don't think the Spurs are better than the Nuggets. I think they'll make things interesting, it'll be tough, it'll be a back and forth a bit, but why shouldn't the Nuggets beat the Spurs? Why shouldn't they? Six or seven Nugs advance past the San Antonio Spurs, the third-seeded Portland Trailblazers against the Oklahoma City Thunder, it was not a good season for the Portland Trailblazers versus the Thunder. It, it was not. Um, even though the Thunder will be going on the road, it's a terrible matchup for the Portland Trailblazers. So the Blazers will sweep Oklahoma in the first round, right? I say no, but God knows. In the NBA, funny stuff can happen sometimes. But if there's a if there's going to be an upset, which I will pick in both sides, 
I'm going to pick Indy over Boston, which is barely an upset. It's a one-game difference between the two, and despite the fact Boston's got a fuller roster than Indiana. Um, Oklahoma City, I think, is a is a more reliable team than the Thunder. I mean, really, the undoing for the, the uh, Thunder in the playoffs is if Westbrook gets crazy and gets trigger-happy. Keep doing what you've been doing. I mean, there's no excuse for this team to not keep what they've been doing because they did a hell of a job. I mean, this this team deserves a better record, a better playoff seating than they got. It's a shame that they only won 49 games, even though to us, 49 would be freaking awesome. I mean, I'd take that in a heartbeat. But I think this is a better team than 49 wins, um, especially when they're playing the right way now. Paul George is an MVP candidate. I mean, we're talking almost double-double at the small forward position, 28 points a game, scorch in the net. See, Westbrook, again, this is key. Westbrook needs to chill out. That's what Westbrook needs to do, and that's where Westbrook has hurt this club in the playoffs in years past. He looked like a moron last year. You know, I mean, and it wasn't like the first time. I mean, he's been doing it forever. So, I mean, it's just like, like, seriously, take it easy. That's all he's got to do is take it easy out there. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep helping Paul George. Be be a great player like you are. Get your triple-doubles, your 23 points a game, which is good. You know, don't worry about the 27 unless you're just absolutely sizzling behind the arc or something like that. Then that's what that is. But 29% ain't sizzling, folks. And Paul George is the guy that needs to be getting the ball more often than West, than Russell Westbrook. He needs to be taking the more more shots than Russell Westbrook. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. It's how funny you think of Schroeder all the time, but it's Schroeder. Obviously... We know what he can bring, that quickness, that speed, and a guy who can occasionally heat up a bit as well, despite not so great three-point percentage during the season, Jeremiah Grant, uh, spark plug at times as well. He's about a, he's, a, he's actually the top three-point shooter on the club. The West Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder, just keep doing what you're doing, and you should have no problem beating this Portland team. Portland has underachieved for years. They're a good team. They have talent obviously, but they're, they've underachieved forever, and of course, the Nurkic injury pretty much put the nail in the coffin, I think. I mean, that was devastating. I mean, we're talking, that's not just an injury, it's really bad. Amazing that they won 53 games this year, but they had a pretty good roster, and Nur- Nurkic was one of the reasons they did. Luckily, and I mean really luckily for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, they got Enos Cantor. In the, you know, luckily for that man. I mean, the guy's a double-double threat as well. But he ain't Nurkic. He's just not as good. His defense isn't as good. He's not as reliable. He's still a good, solid player, though. Uh, neither one of them is a stretch type of the threat. Uh, you got to like what Rodney Hood brings to the club as well. That was that was solid. Seth Curry can get absolutely red hot from downtown. That's one of the reasons why the uh, Blazers would beat the uh, the Sixers, is if Seth Curry and then McCollum just start, just start nailing the shots, and they just get like unconscious hot down the stretch. It's amazing how many of these teams won four of their last five games to wrap up the regular season. It's remarkable. And Portland's one of them. Strong finish to the season and everything, but again, the matchup is bad. There, to me, there's no excuse that the, uh, the I think the, again, like I keep saying, just play your game, play what you've been doing, do, do what you've been doing all year, and you'll, you should beat the Portland Trailblazers in six, I'll say. It's not going to be this four-game sweep. I think the Blazers are going to make a mess. They might actually win game one. Don't be surprised. They're not going to go down 2-0 to zero into OKC. It's not happening, folks. It's going to be a split. It's going to be a six-game series, but OKC does come out of this series where they will uh, play the Denver Nuggets in the next round, and that is going to be epic. That is going to be an epic battle. Very, very, very good matchup right there. Fun basketball. 
heading into round number two, which usually is the best part because you get the most, you still have a ton of games. Not as many as the first round, but you still have a ton of games and the matchups are better. You don't have the Orlandos and the freaking, you know, Detroit and the, you know, Clippers, God bless them, but there's just nothing you can do, man. Freaking bleeping Warriors. I hate them, man. Houston versus the Jazz. Is Rubio going to be healthy? Or is it Grayson Allen? Or what the heck are you going to do there? I have no idea. Utah versus the Houston Rockets, though. To me, there's almost no excuse, again, that the, uh, I think the, I think the Utah Jazz need to beat the, uh, no, I mean, I think the Houston Rockets, they're, they're just, they're on a roll, obviously. They're getting ready to make a big run into the postseason. It's, uh, I think they still have a chance to be dangerous. It's too bad, though, they're probably going to have to play the Warriors in the second round. In fact, they will. But, uh, I mean, Utah's a dangerous team. They're going to make things interesting against the Rockets. It's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Utah did not get the job done against the Clippers down the stretch. Uh, obviously, Donovan Mitchell's got star potential, very athletic, great player. Rudy Gobert's one of the best defensive players in the league, and he'll get a double-double in his sleep. He rested in the final game of the season, which was understandable. Uh, Ricky Rubio, he's at times oft injured, but he doesn't get hurt that much. Minutes limited this year. Field goal percentage still stinks, 40%. 31% from downtown. I, I just don't understand why his uh, catch-and-shoot didn't get better over the years. Because I think, that, you know, that he could be a good catch-and-shoot point guard out there with the threes, but... I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't have the quickness, and it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, Joe Ingles can hit the shots. Crowder obviously can be dangerous at times. He can get hot. Kyle Korver, obviously we know what he can do out there. Uh, Dante Exum, he's just, I, I, I don't know. He's never really achieved what a lot of people thought he could. Uh, Grayson Allen, eh, you know, he, maybe he can mix things up, make things interesting here and there, but uh, I like the Jazz. I don't love the Jazz. Houston is just a better team to me at the end of the day. Uh, and I think Houston's as dangerous a team as there is in the Eastern Conference, and they're probably the most likely team to beat the Golden State Warriors. I hope they do. <laughs> I don't like the, the Rockets that much. It's not like I'm in love with James Harden. I love Clint Capella. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Chris Paul is what he is. Again, stay healthy, Chris Paul, for once. Chris Paul, please, stay healthy for once. It's not going to happen, though. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He played only 58 games this year. Remember, it took him forever, like an old car to really get going, like an old, really nice car. And he finally did get going. Uh, Kenneth Freed was a nice addition, though, during the season. Guy who had just been forgotten pretty much over the year, over the last couple of years. He's always a double-double threat. When he's when he's Kenneth Freed, he's a good player. Green can get hot at times. Something called Daniel House Jr. can hit threes on occasion when he's around. P.J. Tucker's that ever-capable veteran who plays a lot of minutes. He doesn't score a lot, but he, well, I mean, he's not going to get the ball a whole lot in this offense. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Clint Capella, you know, he didn't have the numbers with the shot blocking, but I swear that guy can block shots in his sleep when he wants to. An ever, ever double-double threat. 13 rebound type of guy. 16 and a half points. God, I love Clint Capella. Oh, and if he can stay healthy, obviously there you go. Houston Rockets should be able to take down the Utah Jazz in five or six games. I think they're going to just... I, I, I think they're going to beat the Jazz in five games. Honestly, I think Houston's going to be all systems are go here. And, of course, home court advantage doesn't hurt. Houston Rockets, there's just no reason why they shouldn't be able to take out the Utah Jazz. We're going to move forward here. Utah Jazz do not uh, end up winning the series. Golden State Warriors versus the Houston Rockets. Oh, boy. I wish so much, you know. But it is what it is. You're going to get the Thunder versus the Nuggets. Warriors versus Rockets. 
probably probably the winner of this series wins the Western Conference. I don't think Denver or Oklahoma City is going to win the West, but I, I guess that would be kind of cool if they did. But the winner of this series wins the West, probably, which is annoying because I don't want the Warriors to win the West again. I wish they would just go away, but it's not happening. It's not happening. Maybe in the offseason, things will finally happen and the Warriors will break up. Uh, Rockets make things very interesting. And I mean very interesting. I think it goes to seven. I think hopefully the Rockets really beat up on this Warriors team. But home court advantage for the Warriors and they are what they are and this and that. It does go seven for me. Seven, maybe six. Who knows though. Maybe everything goes completely downhill and the Warriors just torch the Rockets. It could happen. But I I think it's going to be six or seven. Warriors go to the West Finals again. Nuggets versus Oklahoma City is going to be a beautiful matchup. Um, I just think Denver's got a little bit too much firepower. I think there's just a little too much there. As good as Oklahoma City is, it's tough, man. It's tough to say. It's going to be a good series. The truth of the matter is the Nuggets beat the Thunder in all three games they played this year. So it's just, it is what it is. I think the Nuggets are the better team. They took advantage of the Thunder in every game, including recently by 10 over the uh, the Thunder. Most recently on March 29th, they beat them by nine. So they were fairly close-fought battles. But I think Denver's going to win it in five or six. Even though you're going to get some really good basketball, you might get some overtime games. But the Nuggets will outlast the, uh, the they will outlast the Oklahoma City Thunder. Nice, fun matchup and all that. Again, as things go on with the rainy days and Mondays, I'll be updating the playoffs as we get to the second round and all that stuff because you know how it goes. Because there's going to be different teams probably. I'm going to be, if, if I hit on every one of these, it'll be pretty remarkable. But I'll probably hit on most of them because it's it's not that unlikely that the Bucks are going to win the East. It's not that unlikely that Toronto's going to tip off with them in the East Final. Not that unlikely. It's not that unlikely that the Nuggets and the Warriors will tip off in the East Final or West Final. I think the Nuggets win in five or six, though, and play the Golden State Warriors. In the West Finals, I think the Warriors win in five or six, though. And you get Bucks and the Golden State Warriors. Thank God for home court advantage for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Warriors have to do it on the road. They've been road warriors. They've been home warriors. They've been this. They've been that. I'm just hoping and praying, man. I want Milwaukee to win. I, I want the Milwaukee Bucks to beat the Warriors so bad. They can. They can do it. But what's going to happen is, who knows? In the season series, the Bucks just absolutely trumped the Golden State Warriors 134 to 111 on November the 8th, which no NBA Finals have been won in the in, in, in early November. Or in December, on the 7th, the Warriors beat the Bucks by 10, 105-95. So interesting. When the score was higher, the Bucks won. And when the score was lower, the Warriors won. That's interesting. That's interesting. But the Bucks have a great offense. So it's going to be great offense versus great offense. Those of you that want to see a lot of exciting basketball, you're going to get it with the Bucks and the Warriors. I think that'll be a very good series. Finally, no more Cleveland, no more LeBron. I just wish it was no more Steph Curry either. I wish it was Bucks versus Rockets or something like that. Would you would you really complain if it was Bucks versus Rockets in the finals or even the Nuggets? I think the Rockets. That'd be an awesome series, man. That'd be fun to watch. Would you really complain about that? Is it like, oh, God, oh, that's going to get the lowest ratings ever? No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Gianni, Giannis is, yeah, legitimate, man. He's got all that strength, all that ability, all that skill. Do you really think it'd be a low-rated series or do you think it'd actually probably go up? Because... I think there's a. I think I'm not the only person out there who isn't tired of the Warriors, man. I'm not the only person out there who's 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 tired of them. But um, more than likely, the Warriors would win the series. But I want to sit here and believe that the Bucks can do it in like seven games. If we can go to a seventh game, if we can, if the Bucks can survive, win three games, 
protect home court, this and that, and force a seventh game, maybe the Bucks can get it done. And I'm going to sit here in, in all good faith and predict that the Bucks beat the Warriors in seven and finally end this bullcrap, and the Warriors will break up in the offseason. At least uh, Mr. Kevin Durant will move on to the Wizards or some crap. <laughs> some crap, literally crap there, when you think about it. We'll see what happens, though. Maybe he goes back to Oklahoma. <laughs> ah, nope, not going to happen. Not after, uh, it's just not. Um, but I'm going to sit here and hope and pray the Bucks beat the Warriors by seven at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a quick break and look at fan interaction with this much longer show than maybe thought at the beginning. <laughs> back here on Fan Interaction, segment number three, to wrap this thing up and head off into cleanups and all that, if it ever stops snowing. <laughs> but no, I'll do my best to keep up with the postseason and such. You know how I say it, like rainy days and Mondays during the spring and come back on the air and weekends, of course, as well, get caught up with some postseason action and such. And Wolves News, because there's probably going to be a Pobo at some point, President of Basketball Operations. That's cute, isn't it? Pobo. So, it's going to be more Twitter-based this time around than Facebook. Facebook a bit quiet, unfortunately, this week. At Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion, I do appreciate interaction on both places. Levi Wilson-Brown, a lot more active on Twitter versus uh, Facebook. Where today, it's kind of both here and there. Tanae and Levi, both out of New Zealand. I want to thank Levi and Tanae again, out of New Zealand, for retweeting the most recent show, Dissecting the Future Part 2. As uh, Those two shows are doing pretty well. Thank you guys for... Uh, telling your friends and uh, listening to the show and all that, uh, and welcoming any new listeners out there. Of course, Vince Germano also retweeting the show. Big shout-out to the Courtside Podcast. Highly recommended to all of you out there on Podbean and iTunes. And, of course, Google Podcasts mirrors everything on iTunes. Great uh, application for Android users out there. We appreciate it very much. And I mean very much. <laughs> Again, thank you, guys. Uh, a great show, though. Highly recommended. Wayne Hunt is the uh, alpha dog of that show, the uh, creator and producer of the Courtside Podcast out of Sydney, Australia, Memphis Grizzlies fan. They fired their coach again, which is weird. Uh, Vince Germano's club, uh, Magic Johnson. I'm surprised I didn't even talk about this earlier. I was going to, but I got heavy into the Timberwolves, obviously. Can you imagine getting heavy into the Timberwolves on a Timberwolves show? Magic Johnson steps down in a weird, kind of unprofessional manner. He didn't even tell Jeannie Buss first. He's just like, yeah, I'm out of here. I'd rather be an ambassador for the Lakers in the end, basketball, and then the president. I don't like doing the dirty work, like saying, ah, you traded, you traded, you know. Come on, man. I don't know. Um, maybe things just didn't work out. It seems like these big-name players, big-name players, coaches, they move up to uh, president of basketball, end up not working out so good. Michael has just, it's not been good for Michael. And he's still there in Charlotte, and he was there in Washington. And it just, it just doesn't work out, does it? I don't know. And uh, LeBron hasn't worked out so far in Los Angeles. And I don't think too many people disagree with that. Um, strange, strange uh, move by Magic Johnson. Retweet if you want a new ABGN episode. Yeah, of course. Mike Matei from Angry Video Game Nerd and all that. And uh, Cinemazigar, I'm sure some of you have heard of that before. Let's check this out. Okay, ah, good job, Levi. Good job. This is uh, good stuff. Thank you. So, of course, this was a playoff preview show, and uh, Levi, not disappointing here. 
At Wolves Explosion, he says, Levi again out of New Zealand. He's going to definitely get the gold star for this episode. He says, first round playoff predictions. Golden State Warriors 4, Clippers 1. Golden State Warriors far too good. Might have one bad game to give the Clippers 1. Houston Rockets over the Jazz. Yep, and I'm, I agree with the five-gamer there. Um, Houston in 6, so 4-2 to two over Utah. Could easily see this being closer or even a Jazz upset. Main issue for Jazz is not sure... Who's best to defend to, to defend Harden? And I, yep. Yeah, and I just think, yeah, I just think the uh, exactly. I just think Houston's just too good at this point. OKC over the Portland Trailblazers in six. I highly agree with that. OKC have matched up well with Portland this year. Hopefully that continues. It will. I think it will. Again, it depends on Westbrook. If he gets stupid and starts launching 19 three pointers and missing all of them in the fourth quarter, they're they're screwed. So again, oh. Keep doing what you're doing, OKC. That's what really got me going and why the second segment was so long because it's, it's that's a big deal. Bucks in five over Detroit, four to one. He says Detroit might steal one, but don't think Griffin or Drummond will have enough outside outside them. Nope, I agree. Ah, one one we disagree with here. Boston in uh, six. Boston four to two over the Pacers. He says both teams dealing with injuries, but Boston still should have enough. I agree with that. I agree that Boston should still have enough, but they've underachieved where Indiana, to me, has overachieved. That's where I think the Pacers have the strength to win the series. But, again, I mean, nobody's going to agree on every single series. That's crazy. Uh, we can't be yes-men for each other, that's for sure. He doesn't have to agree with me on that one. He'll, um, <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's just I think Boston's stronger, and that's why I stuck, or excuse me, Indy's stronger. Uh, just a stronger mentally team right now, and... I'm, I've been very disappointed with Boston in the postseason pretty much for the last four years here. I mean, freaking disappointed. Philadelphia 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets. He's, uh, he says, good to see Brooklyn back in the playoffs and D'Lo doing well. Yep, yep, yep. D'Angelo Russell there uh, doing well. Would love an upset here. I, I would too. And of course, Philadelphia's a bunch of pricks, except for Tobias Harris, I'd say. Okay. Simmons isn't that much of one. He just looks like it. Sometimes that look at his face bugs me. I don't know why. He bugs me sometimes. But Embiid, obviously, is a great player, but he's an ass. And Jimmy Butler is a super ass. So, I don't know. So, it's hard to cheer for them because of that. They're just assholes, <laughs> to be frank. Um, Brooklyn is a great story, but yeah, I mean, Philadelphia is better. Uh, Toronto in five over Orlando. Expecting Toronto to have another good playoff run without reaching the finals. Um, me too. I think they'll get to the East Finals. Denver Nuggets in seven over the Spurs. Yep, I think they'll be make it competitive as well. Uh, possibly exposing some playoff inexperience in Denver. Probably. Um, there's a lot of inexperience. Like, Denver used to make the playoffs, but none of these guys were playoff players in the past. So, I think they have a chance to make it. You know, maybe the Spurs or Oklahoma City knocks out Denver, and it's going to be Golden State versus the other one. God, I hate playing the Warriors. But, uh, yeah, keep these coming, brother. Keep these coming. Have a second round for me later on when it, when it comes up. So keep these coming, Levi. Appreciate it. As long as I get my butt behind the microphone and get this done. This is good. Thank you. Good. Uh, good conversation there. And uh, nice. Nicely done. Thank you, Levi. I highly appreciate this type of conversation. This is, uh, you know, uh, great, great job. Thank you. Very, very much appreciated there. Bring it back again. Um Let's see, I think that's it in terms of actually, yeah, most of these are just like notifications. They're not people tweeting me because cause I'm Mr. Important, damn it. Tweet me or I don't care. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So let's go to uh, facebook.com forward slash uh, Timberwolves Explosion. See, at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. I want to thank Vince Germano for sharing the most recent uh, show thread there. Thank you again very much. 
Uh, let's see. Well, <sighs> Wolves' future with Leighton and Saunders now uncertain. I posted that from uh, scorenorth.com. I was moving on the story with uh, John, John Krasinski. No conversation. I'm kind of surprised, but I suppose it was only a day. Uh, Jamie Tintor loves it that uh, he, he's not he's not sold on Ryan Saunders yet. That's the thing, and um, obviously most of us not too sold on Scott Layton either. So, yeah, it, it is good to have the president of basketball operations make up his mind of who he wants to be the uh, next coach of the Timberwolves, and of course how, how that goes. With that said, gonna wish all of you a wonderful uh, spring here. Hopefully, it warms up and the snow melts. I think it will. And we could get to work. Some of us that have to work outside as well for our second jobs or our or our main jobs. Um, Going to give out the contact details: two zero nine seven three six seven eight seven seven two zero nine seven three six seven eight seven seven is the phone line. Do treat it as a voicemail because it is. It is a three minute limit on it, so again, be aware of that. Give your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. Greatly appreciated. There, there's the call now button on the Facebook page. Click on that. It'll take you the same way through Facebook Messenger, so it's free as long as you're connected to the inter- internet somehow, some way. The interweb, as some people like to say, for fun. Um, but that's how you get on there. Again, the same three-minute limit. The best route, which uh, Tanae has used in the past and others. Vince Germano, I believe, used it once. Yes, at least once regarding Jimmy Butler. Conversation last uh, last fall, last late last summer. Do it again, uh, Vince Germano. Anybody out there. Tanae's takes. God, I love that. God, I love it. So good so good. Um, how you do that is you just use the uh, voice recording application on your smartphone or Audacity with your computer, PC, da- desktop, whatever the heck you use, microphone, Audacity, or whatever uh, audio software you use. Record it, save it, email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and if necessary, I will then convert it into an mp3 file. Generally, if it's from a phone, it usually is an M4A, so I convert that into an MP3 so I can go into the editing software here, which is Audacity. And uh, there you go. Thanks to uh, Zamzar.com and Converto.com. I am uh, more than happy to give them a free plug because they provide a free service to me, which helps my show. And if your file's a little bit bigger, there you go. If your file's just a little bit bigger, then there's a small charge or maybe there's a monthly charge, depending if you use it all the time for a business or something, moving big, big files and having to convert them and all that into something else. With that said, please do write a positive rating on iTunes or Google Podcast or Stitcher if you could. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you to those of you that have and those of you that haven't. If, if you want to help the show out, that'd be really appreciative. I'd give you a major shout-out on air and a thank you if you could do that. Can't wait. To, uh, you know, Obviously, it just helps for uh, potential listeners to check the show out to say, hey, this guy's, you know, this guy's, this guy's uh, uh, appreciated by his listeners. So if you could do that, it's greatly appreciated. If not, I understand it's your life. So <laughs> what if you're too busy or you don't like writing those things? And it doesn't have to be long or anything either. So just a positive rating is greatly helped to the show. Those of you that take the time to do that, thank you. God bless. With that said, again, hope you have a nice spring locally here in the Twin Cities. Nice, hopefully it warms up. And uh, unfortunately, they're heading into the autumn over there in Australia, I think it's rainy season over there. I hate rain so much. I, most, I know most of you know that. Um, but hopefully things have cooled down a little bit. I know they had some record heat there in the summer in Australia, burning up. So hopefully, again, a little more comfortable weather as they head into the autumn months, as we head into April. April and autumn, it sounds weird, but over there, it's the opposite. They probably think October and autumn, that's weird. October spring, man. So... <laughs> Interesting how things work. That's how the world goes. And further proof that the whole Earth is flat conversation is pretty dumb. 
I would have to say. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I brought that into the conversation. But with that said, this show's been long enough. I've been rambling for too long. I hope you enjoy it. Tell your friends about the show. And we'll talk to you probably pretty soon again. Uh, more, more than likely. There's always a rainy day and there's always a weekend. And news is coming. News is coming. It's just a matter of when. We'll talk to you then. Take care.